There is a shortage of everything right now, from computer chips to coffee, product packaging to paint, shampoo to shoes. Container ships are backed up on the West Coast. The average transit time from China to the U.S. is right now 71 days. That's compared to 40 days in 2019. The cost to ship a 40-foot container from Shanghai to Los Angeles, which for the past decade has hovered right around $2,000, that's more than $12,000 now. If you paid any attention to earnings calls this season, you've probably noticed company leaders mention two things more than usual, inflation and supply chain. Retailers are scrambling for extra inventory to try to make sure their shelves are stocked in time for the holidays. Popular toys are on track for selling out faster than usual thanks to TikTok trends and the global supply chain meltdown. U.S. automakers have been forced to slow down or shut down assembly lines. Airbus says their production is constrained. Even IKEA has launched a new furniture buyback program. The White House is trying to figure out what to do today. They are meeting with companies including Apple, Ford, GM, Intel, Medtronic, Samsung, Stellantis, and Taiwan Cine. Today on Dumb Money, we are going shopping for stocks. We're going to try to avoid those stocks that are going to be hit the hardest and looking for those with the edge. Companies that have high demand products with some sort of advantage in manufacturing, logistics, distribution. Stocks that can profit from the supply chain meltdown. We are Dumb Money. Three friends who turned $30,000 into $30 million using nothing more than Twitter and a zero commission trading account. The suits that work on Wall Street, they call those people the smart money. That's not a... Our goal is to help level the playing field for everyday investors. We are Dumb Money. Hey there, Dave here along with Chris and Jordan. We are Dumb Money. Welcome to Dumb Money Live. Uh, Chris, Jordan, the supply chain may be causing a shortage of all sorts of products. And we can't get goods into the hands of consumers. That means the whole economy slows down. But there is one thing that we all have control over to make sure that there's not a shortage. And that is likes on this video. So please do smash the like button. And I'm ready. I want to go shopping. I want to hear what stocks you two have found. Um, things that, that can beat that supply chain problem, or at least those that are positioned to uh, beat their competition in the handling of the supply chain. This is this is actually like one of the toughest trades. And I it's a trade I've been wanting to put on for months as the supply chain issue continues to accelerate and just doesn't seem like it's going to go away anytime soon. Um, for all the reasons you said, Dave, everyone I'm speaking to um, that's involved uh, with, um, you know, distribution or logistics or even in home building, right, or commercial construction, they're all telling me that they're hearing things are going to get worse before they get better. So the, here's, here's my, my level of thoughts on this trade. Which, by the way, um, I'll I remind people that we are not financial advisors. Not financial advice. This is a way to think about investing. I just thought I'd get that out quickly because I know you like to talk about that. Yeah, it, it, these are <laughs> our trades, not your trades. So do your own research, guys. Make your own decisions. But um, so I think I think the way to think about this is this this will actually benefit. I don't know if you'd say benefit, but impact companies that have leverage in logistics and that have consumer pricing power less, right? And you could even make a case that those companies might actually benefit in this situation. So when we're talking about companies that have logistical leverage, that or have dominance in terms of their size, um, yes. we kind of think of companies like Amazon, right? That's an obvious one. Uh, there are so many others, but companies that are really large, 
uh, that have the ability to really dominate that supply chain, meaning that they can kind of force the issue in terms of how much of the port they have access to. They're actually chartering ships, okay? And they're able to pay the money to get designated shipping containers. Um, one really interesting story is, I, I forget the name of the company, but they went all the way to China with a, with a shipping uh, a ship, and one person had COVID, and they turned the entire ship around, and they wouldn't even let them dock, and like that impacted their entire quarter. So well, and that's why this the, the shipping is so expensive, and that's going to impact companies that don't have that kind of pricing power that you talked yeah, about, so or who, the scale to power? to continue to well, the, the big companies. Well, I, I, I have no, I have no concern that my iPhone is not going to make it from China and be delivered to my door on Friday tomorrow. Okay, but forget about pricing power. How about just logistics power, which is Hayward, Pool, Amazon, Lululemon, a Nike. Nike's a big one. They're coming out with earnings today. Nike stock is down about 10%. Why? Because 50% of their shoe manufacturing is done in uh, Vietnam. Is it Vietnam. Vietnam. Uh, yeah, correct. Vietnam, which has literally shut down their manufacturing for the past five to six weeks, even going on maybe two months now. So, listen, but, but, the but they're starting to reopen. So, so companies that have shifted some of their manufacturing to Vietnam are actually reopening factories, and we, we're seeing, I believe, Lulu uh, has about. 30% of their products manufactured in Vietnam. Yeah, so, but that, and that problem has been so widely telegraphed that I'm actually okay owning Nike. I actually bought some Nike today, and here's why. The other half of the equation, which is what you were referring to, Dave, is pricing power. And there are a few companies here that I think we have outstanding pricing power. Nike's one of them. The other company that I bought that I believe has kind of an interesting advantage here is Diageo because there's been a major, major shortage in liquor and bottles, right? So Diageo is the world's leader in, I think, vodka, gin, scotch. And also now, here's the real bull case around Diageo, tequila. Tequila has been on a three to four year run. I think it probably has another three to four years to go. Tequila is the hottest alcohol in the world right now. And Diageo owns both Don Julio, one of the most dominant players in the tequila space, and maybe the hottest tequila company in the world right now in terms of scale and adoption, which is Casamigos, George Clooney's old company, I think they are in a place where other smaller tequila companies are going to have real challenges. Even with all the supply chain issues, their sales are up net over 2019. So what does that tell me? If you're the strongest manufacturer in an environment that's challenging, but still growing from 2019, you're probably taking market share from the smaller players who aren't able to secure bottles and distribution and transit and trucks. So they don't have all the resources they do. So that was my other purchase today, Nike and Diageo. What is your uh, conviction level on your Nike and Diageo trades? It's it's not like super high conviction, but I felt that I felt like they are the strong. They're some of the strongest uh, players here in 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 retail to be able to take advantage of this situation, right? Long term, long term. Listen, Nike Nike will get through this Vietnam mess. I think in the next thirty days, that was a COVID specific shutdown. Other factories there, and I it looks like they're coming out of it. Yeah, with well, Nike, I am concerned about this whole thing, especially with Vietnam, because we know that that's where their shoes come from. Um, we know that there's all-time high demand in Converse and in some of their uh, athletic shoes. But the biggest problem to me 
um, is that I'm seeing that people on Twitter talking about, you know, either specific Nike shoes or Converse shoes that they're looking for are already sold out. Um, and then you've got that demand with the low supply going into um, the holiday season. Are they going to be able to meet some of these um, supply problems? And so I do agree that Nike is a great brand long term. I'm going to wait till after earnings and see if they can clear some of this up. You're not so bullish on Nike. What What are you looking at, Jordan? No, I love Nike from a long term perspective. I'm just very concerned about just in the in the um, immediate very short concerned term about all this stuff. The same thing. I'm not really so. I'm not playing this. Uh, the supply shortage until I see some things start to clear up. So I could come in and buy some things once yeah. I think this is resolved, but I just don't think that it's going to get resolved before um, the holiday season. So yeah. I just don't think this is the time to dive into certain things. Yeah, but the Nike issue is so well broadcast. Analysts are really good at one thing, like checking like deep supply chain. Deep, deep supply, but like- I mean, you've, like I said, I mean, I'm, I've been look. I don't have the supply insights, but I do have Twitter and I know that people are talking about they can't get their chucks. They can't get their athletic shoes um, already, right? It's not even. It's not even holiday yet. So I actually, you know, I really like your thesis on the bigger brands are going to be the ones that succeed. The ones with the strong demand are going to be the ones that succeed. I actually picked a different shoe company, different than Nike, as my top pick, and it's because of their demand. And it's because they shifted some of the manufacturing away from China and they're manufacturing in Canada, in Italy, in Mexico. But they actually provided guidance about the potential supply chain disruptions and factored those in. But they're still expecting the revenue to grow 60 to 70 percent. And they're expecting their operating margin to grow to 24 to 26 percent. And that company is Crocs. I think Crocs is going to beat the supply chain problem and i think they're going to continue to grow and they've already telegraphed it and their stock is is always up like this is Wait, are this you is buying just more one year right now, Dave? i am buying more nice i actually have i had to take a little crocs off the table so it's so over leveraged in it but i love crocs uh it's never a bad time to own crocs right yeah uh, hey dave uh speaking of you know trends did you, are you able to put up that that g-trends chart that does not say what it's for that yes you sent me you sent me a g-trends chart and you didn't give me any instructions so this is the uh chart this is a what u.s past five years with a giant spike what is that all about this is a teaser for tomorrow's show uh and you will learn about it tomorrow that is the g-trends chart there's a trade a possible trade possible trade behind that chart and if you want to know what it is, come back tomorrow. We have a kind of a cool little trend, social arb trend trade. I really can't wait to hear what that is. I am going to actually subscribe to this channel and turn on the notifications. Yet, but, by the way, this is not acting. Dave has no idea. I have no idea. I, I literally, I, I thought that this chart might relate to your, your pick today, so I had it loaded up and ready to go, but you cut off every piece of useful information on this chart. So if you want to know what this is all about, you've got to come back tomorrow. Mm.